Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. I'm so happy today to introduce you to my friend, Elizabeth Spencer. Elizabeth lives in Michigan, where I think it snowed last week, and I'm in California, but um, she's not jealous of me because she is the best (laughs) baker (laughs) that I have met, and she loves snow. I like the idea of snow, Um, (laughs) but actually being cold is not in my wheelhouse, but I met Elizabeth on uh, another blog where we were both guest posting and I read her her article and I thought I've met a kindred spirit only she's thinner and a better baker but she's so <laughs> funny and I think people who are funny kind of are drawn to other people who are funny and um, and it's not like we're bragging or about being funny Elizabeth but God gives gifts right absolutely and not when, <laughs> And not everybody's funny. In fact, the people that are most painful are the ones who think they're funny and not. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough about me. Uh, <laughs> would you tell me, tell us uh, a little bit about your family, and then we'll talk about your ministry, and then into the questions. Okay, I am married to a guy I picked up in church one Sunday morning, and that. Um, has worked out pretty well because we are celebrating 25 years next month. Mm. um, Tell us how that, tell us how that happened. How do you pick up a boy at church? Right, exactly. So I was, um, how old was I? I was almost 20, I think 24 and um, dangerously close to being an old maid, according to the many, many aunts that I have. They were all they were all very worried about me, so they were all on husband search for me. Unfortunately, one of them went to um, the church where my family was going at the time, and um, my Aunt Judy, she was friends with um, a family there who had this son who was in law school and loved Jesus, and so one time when they were out to dinner, she said, oh, Chad, I think you and my niece should get together. And um, Chad, being a very affable fellow and also a great fan of Aunt Judy, said, well, <laughs> that's great, but here's the thing. I'm in Michigan and she's in Virginia at the time. I was out near Washington, D.C., working as a magazine editor. And so um, I came home one Sunday for my grandfather's memorial service and had been warned that Chad might possibly be at church. So I had driven all the way home, so I had 11 hours to rehearse my uh, spontaneous speech. So <laughs> after that Sunday, I sang um, a song, and after church, he was kind of hanging around, and I um, decided I needed to walk past him in case anything happened, and thank goodness he said, Elizabeth, I really enjoyed your song this morning, and I thus launched into the impromptu little conversation that I had worked out over 11 hours of driving home and (laughs) for a few minutes while our families hovered in the near background. (laughs) I can visualize that. (laughs) So it was so great. So then uh, we talked and he went out to his family's car and said, well, if she'll have me, that's the girl I'm going to marry. And my sister 
planning the wedding, which happened uh, a little over, it was a year and a half after that. Uh, he had law school to finish up and I had a job contract. So that was wow. that. Wow. Yes. And then you just wanted to move back to Michigan because of him or because of family? I, did, I loved, um, I'm a Michigan girl my whole life. I loved Virginia. It was beautiful, but I was very, very happy to come home for love. It was a very good reason to come home. So mm -hmm. um, yeah. And um, so I moved back and we have two daughters. Our older daughter is Lydia and she's a college junior majoring in early childhood education. And our younger daughter is Anna, and she's a high school junior. So if anyone needs me next year, I'll be weeping in the corner over yes. my senior. <laughs> it's going to be fine. It's going to be wonderful. Um, Anna is looking at majoring in dance and minoring in speech pathology at Messiah University in Pennsylvania. So wow. they are amazing and wonderful and fortunately got a lot of their dad's genes in them. But we do have <laughs> 75% estrogen around here. So uh, Chad is easily the most patient human being anyone has ever met. Ask anybody who's met him. It's not just us who says that. Everybody says that. And thank goodness because he puts up with us. So, yeah. so there we are. Do you have a girl dog? No, we don't. We have okay. a cat. Okay. An outdoor cat. So okay. yeah. So that doesn't <laughs> add to the hormones. We have a girl dog too. So my, right. my husband is very outnumbered. And he there is you also go. He could he uh, vie for most patient men as well. Right. Well, there, there you go. Thank and, goodness. And he's from Iowa. So there's that Midwestern okay. solidarity awesome. <laughs> <laughs> with your husband. But he would never move back because of the snow. So that's, I'm safe. Okay. I'm safe okay. here in California. There you go. Um, now, your, uh, tell me about your website. Why is it called what it's called? First, tell us what it's called and why did you come up with that? Because I always wanted to ask you that. Yes. So fortunately, I have an answer. Um, it's, my website is Guilty Chocoholic Mama, and that's my Facebook page as well. And when I started this blog, I was a much younger mom. My children were I don't know how old they were, preschool and elementary maybe. And I was just feeling at the time like there were a lot of shoulds in motherhood. A lot of, um, I was reading a lot of um, what your kids should eat and what they should be doing and how you should educate them and how you should discipline them. And it just seemed like there were a lot of, of ideas out there about what I should be doing. And I didn't feel like I was doing really any of them. <laughs> And so I felt kind of guilty about that. Mm -hmm. So that was the guilty part. And then the, mom, the mama part was easy. And then the chocoholic is just, you know, a, a space of my soul. So that had to be in there somehow. So, <laughs> so I try to be careful to say that I do not feel guilty about my standing with God through Jesus because that has been taken care of. But at the time I did feel a sense of pressure um, about motherhood. And so mm -hmm. I have tried to, um, kind of encourage moms along the way that you don't have to necessarily do everything that there is. To, everything that's good to do is not necessarily good to do right now, and it might not ever be good for you to do. So mm -hmm. that's, what I've, that's what I've tried to do. I think I need you to say, have you say that again, but we have too many other things to talk about, but uh, <laughs> people can hit backspace and hear it because right, right. <laughs> I, I like to say that as soon as the baby starts coming down that birth control, uh, not control, birth, birth canal. Con yes. Uh, <laughs> loads of guilt comes with the baby yeah. in the placenta yeah. and you get rid of the placenta, but not the guilt. And it just starts from there. I remember yeah. 
I think my mother was uh, changing Bonnie Sue when she was a couple days old. And in my hearing, I heard her say, this baby's feet are so cold. And I just burst into tears because it was my fault that Bonnie's feet were cold. Right. And I've had, you know, you just have to sort of let that guilt go because you can't do it all, number one, and you shouldn't, number two. And everybody's trying to give you their opinion. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to be an older mom for a lot of reasons. And I, another um, thing I try to communicate with my website and my writing is not to fear the older kid years because I think they get bad press and I love them. But one reason I love them is that I feel like I can say to people, you don't have to follow all the rules because I didn't. And look how fabulous my children are Mm. now. That's just because they're fabulous. Mm-hmm. I don't take credit for that. But nonetheless, they are wonderful. So it's mm-hmm. kind of helpful. They're my, they're my case study. So, yes, yes. so that's, my, that's my writing. On the other hand, I always say the jury's still out. So don't do anything right. I suggest. No, uh, right. <laughs> anything, could happen. anything could happen. Now, as you know, this um, podcast is about living a legacy life. And that at any age, we are, um, we are, not shedding, but displaying what we feel is important by the way we act and what we Mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. So what legacy do you want Mm -hmm. to pass down and how are you currently doing that? So one word that comes to my mind when I think about legacy and um, how I want to, what I want to reflect would be encouragement. And I have a little backstory that goes with that. So in our little country church that we go to where I picked up my husband that Sunday morning, there um, is a a saintly lady of the church and um, her name is Vi, Violet. Everybody calls her Miss Vi. And she gave our whole family, the four of us, alliterative nicknames based on our first names. And so she refers to Chad as Charming Chad, which he is. And when Lydia was born, she called her lovely Lydia, which she is. And she called Anna adorable Anna, which Mm. she is and was. Although there came a point one Sunday when I had to um, pull Vi aside and I told her, um, we need to adjust Anna's nickname because she needs to be called Anna the Annihilator because Mm -hmm. she had wiped out life as we knew it. (laughs) So, but she's still adorable. And um, we quickly adjusted and thank goodness, thank goodness we had her. So um, we had actually had a miscarriage between Lydia and Anna. And much as I'm looking forward to meeting that baby in heaven someday, I often say who can imagine life without Anna. So, so, but for me, I um, struggled a little bit and she would call me sometimes um, elegant Elizabeth or energetic Elizabeth, both of which were nice, but I just never really latched onto those. And so I have sort of thought along the way that I would like to earn my way into her calling me encouraging Elizabeth. Mm. That would be what I would aspire to. So that is a work in progress. I think but, you, I think that fits you to a T and I don't oh, read, I don't read every blog. But I see you on Facebook and I just read the title and I share it because I just know people are going to be blessed. Aww. Well, encouragement is just something that is so needed. And um, I just feel like that's a, a niche for me and something that I want to do. And if, if I can be described in that way, then that will tell me that I have spent my time doing something um, meaningful. And so I certainly miss the mark. 
a lot, but that, that's the goal. Tell me, um, what are some specifics, uh, things that you do, uh, perhaps things that you say mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. things that you pray to fulfill, okay. that, to fulfill that legacy. So things that you do say and pray. So things that I do, um, I don't know, is this a good time to talk about Bible study? Is that an example of that? Uh, whatever you want to share. Okay. So um, in terms of uh, one area, a regular area of ministry that really relates to, well, there's two areas. One would be just in, in what I write. I, tr- I write a lot to um, parents and so I try to be encouraging and in interactions with them and in comments and that kind of thing. My mom is always saying, Elizabeth, you don't have to respond to every comment, but I feel like that's an aspect of the encouragement ministry. And so there's that. And then um, I also facilitate women's Bible study and have done that for 15 years um, mm. now. What's, what gives you joy in doing that? Um, I love to see, I love the privilege of seeing women learn um, about God's word and, and have it come alive to them. Um, actually, one of my favorite examples of what gives me joy is that when a friend, a friend of mine and I, 15 years ago, we, we were young moms. We knew we needed to be in Bible study. We both said to each other, we will not do Bible study on our own. We need accountability. We have these young children and we were running into a problem. Other Bible studies didn't have childcare. So we finally just said, this is ridiculous. If that's the only thing that's standing in our way, we'll just do childcare. We'll take turns. Everybody in the group will just go on a rotating basis and we'll just have our turn. Well, my mom heard about this and said, no, I will come and be grandma to the kiddos and so she was she had her granddaughter there um our anna was in it and several other kids and for many many years my mom and actually the aforementioned miss Vi were our bible study grandmas wow they watched the kids for us well which was wonderful and so the moms could just lean in and press in and relax and it was wonderful so then there came a point when we had no nursery clients for a season and my mom said um, can I come and sit at the grown-ups table? <laughs> so she came up from the nursery and my mom, to my knowledge, to that point, had never ever done a women's Bible study in her entire life. And she grew up in the church and had been a believer really her whole life, but she'd never done that sort of format. And so she took what we refer to as the hot seat, which is the seat right near me, even though I'm I'm not mean and I don't call on people and I never ask anybody to pray if they don't want to or anything. We refer to ourselves as the gentle Bible study. And so she took that seat and um, Sue, I have had one one of the enormous privileges of my entire life uh, has been to watch my mom fall in love with Bible study, with God's word, um, to become a prayer warrior. I have literally watched it happen two feet away from me at the Bible study table and it it's just incredible. So to be able to see that, to, to see women come in and just, I see them come in. We have a range of ages. We have my mom who's in her seventies. And then we have, um, I have a young mom who has four children, including uh, newborn twins who are the only boys allowed in Bible study. They sit in the table and distract me in the most delightful way. <laughs> so to see um, the interaction and the fellowship, we have 
I mean, I've been doing this enough times. We have stories that have unfolded in front of us, um, spouses lost and then other women losing their spouses and those women who have been through that, encouraging them. And it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to see. So I, I just sort of facilitate. I, I say, you know, my job is to turn on the lights and set up the chairs and make sure we have Kleenexes and pencils and candy and then just watch things unfold. So it's a huge privilege. What have you learned about yourself uh, by doing this? A lot, actually. And one of the things is that you can love something that you didn't even think you were going to like because I am a homebody introvert and the idea of leaving and going and doing women's Bible study every single week was sort of a, a joke. The, my friend who started it with me is a huge people person extrovert. So she was, she was the person and then she left me to get a job after the first year. So there I was. So, so annoying. I know it. And I'm going to forgive her up at, you know, I don't know, maybe next year. Um, <laughs> So I just went into this and it was like nothing I needed was in my wheelhouse, um, but I wanted to study the Bible and I didn't have a ton of Bible background. I grew up in the church and I'd been to Christian college, but still I had not done really in-depth Bible study. I didn't know anything about facilitating. I didn't, I didn't know anything. And um, it quickly became something that I loved so much. So do you, think that, do you think this story um, could encourage somebody who's listening, who mm -hmm. is longing to serve God in some way, not necessarily mm -hmm. in the same way? Yes. Uh, how could you encourage her to go ahead and take that step when she knows herself? You knew yourself mm -hmm. that you didn't know how to yeah. facilitate. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I've learned what I'm good at by doing it and, right. and what I'm bad at by doing it and then stopping. <laughs> right. right. So how, how could you encourage that woman who's listening to you right now? Well, at if, any age. Yes, if exactly. If she feels like this is what she's supposed to do. And it was very clear. They're just kept, I mean, I, I had three conversations within the course of a week with um, uh, Christian sisters, um, one of whom was my actual sister, one who was a surrogate sister, and one who was my friend. And the same exact phrase, I need to be in group Bible study. I will not do it on my own. I need the accountability. It came up in those three conversations. And I went, okay, Lord, I'm listening. And then it just fell into place from there. The study that we did the first year was a fabulous how that came. It was literally dropped in my lap. So it was very clear. So th those, that was not up in the air. That was not in question. So it helps a lot when you know that's not in question, because then whatever else you're wondering, at least you're like, okay, I know I'm supposed to be doing this. And so I would just say, if you know for sure you're supposed to do it, um, pray like crazy, of course, and ask other people to pray for you. Um, we call ourselves Proverbs 32. I can explain that later or not. But in any case, um, and then we were, we've shortened it to P32. And P32 has no greater fan than my husband. Uh, he would watch the kids himself if we got to that point because he just has seen how it has, has affected me and what a difference it's made. So, um, but trust that if you're supposed to do it, God will equip you for it. That sounds like a, you know, a Christian slogan, but it really is true. God will give you what you need. He'll fill in the gaps. And here's the thing. Um, you don't have to think you're even going to like it to love it. That's one thing. But you also don't have to 
um, be comfortable for it to be working. And I don't know if this is an encouragement. No, that's good. Say that again. Say that again. So you don't have to get to a point where it's necessarily comfortable for it to be working. And I say that because, again, I've done this for 15 years. And Sue, every Tuesday morning, I think, I cannot do this. I, I, I never sleep well on Monday night. This is 15 still, years. Still. Still. Actually, it's gotten worse. I don't know what <laughs> it is. I, I really don't know what it is. But this, the last two years, I've really actually, this sounds, I'll just say it. I've dreaded it. Not because there's anything wrong. I love the ladies. I love the study. I love the format. I love what happens there, but I just have this, it, it's a sense of responsibility and nobody puts that on me, but I feel enormously responsible for this time that these people are giving, these ladies are giving, you know, they're getting themselves there and they're not putting it on me. I, I'm not really even putting it on me. I, I guess it's the enemy, but in any case, um, so every, I, I walk every morning and on Tuesday mornings, I specifically pray. And my prayer among other things every Tuesday morning is God, I cannot do this. I don't even want to do this. You're going to have to do this instead through for with whatever. And he does every week. Hmm. And I drive away just saying, thank you, God. Hmm. And it's beautiful to see. So mm-hmm. that's so great. And um, I remember years ago, I was teaching at some conference about stepping into um, when the children of Israel had to step into the Jordan River and then the water came up and it was this huge miracle. And then God asked them to build um, a memorial stone altar. You know that story. Yes. And, um, and after I finished speaking, I came home, I thought, well, I need a memorial because I prayed so desperately for those women. And for me, actually, I was desperate for me. Uh, like you are on Tuesday mornings to be used of God because you feel so inadequate. I mean, you're teaching the word of God and they're paying you. I mean, I don't know. I'm not just giving parenting advice or something. Or how to make a cake. Right. Though that is important and can be holy. Um, So uh, I thought I need to go get a memorial to remind myself that God helped me last weekend the next time I get asked to speak. So I took $10 because I was going to limit myself to TJ Maxx and I bought a candle, a scented candle, because I have a weakness for those. Yes. And I light it every time I have to prepare a new talk because oh, every so time cool. I think, oh, what if I don't come up with anything? Yes. What if I do poorly? What if they right. regret asking me? What if, what if, what if? And then I go, no, God helped me before mm-hmm. and he will help me again. And I think um, the lighting of the candle is just an outward sign of what God has done for us in the past. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I don't know what kind of memorial you want to make, but maybe you don't have to be quite so dread- dreading every Tuesday, but that's <laughs> up between you and God. Well, um, we do have a memorial, actually. We have a, um, a, a that, um, the, the stone, the memorial, the Ebenezer stone, um, yes. you know, thus far the Lord has helped us yes. one year in Bible study. Um, we joke that our Bible study can be divided into two groups, the crafters and the non-crafters. And I am a non-crafter. And so one season though, um, some of our crafty ladies, they made stone coasters, like to set your drink on, Mm -hmm. um, stamped with P32. And I said, these are our Ebenezer stones. These are our rocks of remembrance of what the Lord has done. And Mm -hmm. mine sits by my computer. So it's a beautiful thing to see. Um, can you tell me why it's called P32? 
May 32. So when we were having our um, planning meeting to launch the ministry, we were trying to come up with a name. And one of our ladies said, oh, for heaven's sake, let's not try and be cutesy or anything, you know, and let's not, you know, do, you know, an acronym or anything like that. Um, And so I knew that some groups, some Sunday school classes and that sort of thing, sometimes named themselves after a particular scripture, like their theme scripture, like the, you know, first Timothy three, five, I mean, whatever, you know what I mean? Well, so this other, the same person said, Oh my word, let's not call ourselves Proverbs 31. We are just setting ourselves up to fail. If we're like, we are it, we have arrived. So, <laughs> so we said, well, we'll be third Proverbs 32. We always have to be very careful to say we are not adding to the word of the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> We should have called ourselves Proverbs um, 30, like we're not quite to 31 yet, but Proverbs 30 is subtitled the sayings of agor or something that did not sound women's Bible study-y. So we just went to 32. So that's why we're called that. Yeah. That sounds a little bit like a B-52. Yeah, there you go. Talking about a bomber. Um, Okay, we're going to close it up here. Do you have any wisdom that you would like to share with our Welcome Heart audience about making our lives count for something? beyond ourselves? Um, goodness. Well, hmm. um, one thing that I was thinking about that I will just, maybe this is a useful tool. Speaking of acronyms, I'm going to share this acronym that I have. And I use this when I'm thinking of sharing something on my page, but it also is helpful in general and, and supports the encouragement idea. Um, I, I try and pass what I share this can be what I say, what I write through a filter that I refer to as HUE, H-U-E. Um, I need a memory device. And so the, I ask myself, does this have the right HUE? And the H stands for, is it, is it honest? And by honest, I don't mean um, run roughshod over someone. I mean, is it, is it honest about who I am and not presenting just this glossy version of me. So, and sometimes the H stands for humorous too, but not in a uh, cutting way. Mm -hmm. And then is it useful? Um, I like to try and share things that somehow can be practical or make someone's life a little easier in some way. Not, I don't just want to share things just to take up space. People don't have time for that. Exactly. And, And then the E is encouraging. Does it somehow build up? Does it somehow make someone feel stronger or possibly lighten a load? And one thing I've noticed in writing and in Bible study is that there is enormous encouragement to knowing that you're not alone. You're not the only one. The, I thought it was just me and it's not is a huge moment. And if, if we can do that for somebody, then that is a, a gift that is hugely valuable, I think. So I don't know if that answered the question, but. Oh, totally answer the question. And um, I had a mentor, a life coach figure out for me, Kathy Vick, uh, that my goal in life was to help people not be lonely. Okay. And that, that was underlying my hospitality right. focus. Right. And what you just said uh, mm-hmm. really keyed into that because people need to know they're not alone and we Absolutely. need to be as leaders not that we're leaders all the time but when god calls upon us to lead mm-hmm. and not only in bible study it could be just in talking to a neighbor 
but uh, when we're leading the conversation towards God, mm-hmm. that we let them know they're not alone in their vulnerability without, right. without hanging other people's dirty laundry out to dry yes, um, or being t- so vulnerable that it hurts other people. Mm-hmm. But um, what you just said really connected, and I know we'll connect with our audience that we aren't alone in this journey. And if, if we were to be alone, God would have given us each our own planet. And mm-hmm. as an extreme introvert that you claim you are, you probably <laughs> wouldn't mind that. <laughs> and even as an extreme, like my husband's really flourishing in the shelter at home, except that all these people are at home with him. Right. <laughs> but he could get very used to going to church on the couch with his yes. uh, cup of coffee yeah. and his Bible on his lap. Yes. But um, bless his heart, he married me. Too bad. So uh, we'll be hauling him back to church, hopefully in a few weeks. Right. But um, Elizabeth, you have been such an encouragement and such a refreshment to my soul and I know to our audience. And I praise the Lord for your friendship. And I hope we get to meet someday, maybe in the middle between Michigan yes. and California. Who knows? Yes. And uh, God bless you. And how, God bless you and how you write to encourage uh, moms and women and how you draw people's hearts to his word, because that really is our truest encouragement. And I know that you know that as well. Absolutely. So thank you thank so much. You so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Love you. Bye. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.